Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to C3 Corumbans podcast. We want you to know that you are loved by a God who is love. So good to have you with us. Why don't you enjoy this week's sermon? You guys doing well? Back into stage two restrictions, so hence the masks. Last week we had one week without them. <laughs> Yay! And now here we are again. And so anyway, good to have you guys tuning in. And Zoom, welcome. We love you. We're missing you. It is so good to have you uh, wherever you're joining us from. We love you. We're thinking about you. And uh, hopefully this whole situation just calms down soon so you can actually be here in the flesh. That would be an amazing Christmas present to all of us before then. would be fantastic too. If this is your first time with us and we haven't met, my name is Dan. My wife Hannah and I get the honor of leading this incredible church along with an amazing team. It is so good to see so many of you guys in the house of God. We've been speaking a lot the last uh, few months just about the real attack that is happening on the local church. And for me, so we're clear on that, that does not look like government restrictions that are happening lately. Just so we're honest, for me, that's not an attack on church because it's not church specific. Uh, it's Everyone's getting thrown into that basket. Instead, what we're seeing an attack on when it comes to church is I think a lot of Christians aren't seeing it as important or necessary or um, even for them anymore. I believe in Jesus, just church isn't for me. That's what I call an attack on church. And so I love that you are here because what we see in the Bible is in Matthew 18, when speaking about the church, Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. We looked at last week, 1 Corinthians 12 speaks about the church is the body of Christ. Each person plays his part as God desires. And so if you haven't picked up already, I am passionate about the church. I am not passionate about building an organization. I don't care about numbers for the sake of numbers. I care about people encountering the grace of a real God, being transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. I care about people being set apart, regenerated, born again, called into his arms and relationship with him. I care about people being sent on mission with him, work with me. That's what I care about. And so thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for prioritizing the house of God and the presence of God. I am believing something significant is happening for you right now. We've just finished a five-month preaching series on that scripture on the wall there. And uh, it's a bit dark right now, but underlined and italicizes five invitations of Jesus to come to him, get away with him, walk with him, work with him, and keep company with him. We we're preaching on those for five months. And once again, the number one thing I hope you got is Jesus really loves you and he really wants to have a daily relationship with you that's what I always say with a disciple of Jesus it's not something you arrive at it's not someone who's got it all together it's just someone who is a learner disciple means learner someone who's just walking with Jesus and growing amen so let's continue to do that please just uh, in everything we do every endeavor we we take on every new step we look at let's just walk with Jesus amen and today we're going to start a new preaching series. I think it's a seven-week one that I'm excited for. Uh, I've called it a simple thing. I've called it And I Pray. What I want us to do for the next seven weeks is look at Paul's prayers in the New Testament. Prayers of the New Testament. And I find it fascinating, some of the ones we're looking at, that uh, Paul would choose to say, And I Pray. He doesn't just teach on these things, but he decides to say, I'm praying for you that this would happen. Let's look at the first one together so you know what I mean. If you're taking notes or you've got your Bible, Romans chapter 15, 
Verse 13, Romans chapter 15, verse 13, one verse at a time for these preachers. I pray that God, the source of hope, how beautiful is that, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. God, we love you. And Lord, we thank you as we look at these prayers that you penned in your word. Holy Spirit, this is inspired by you. It's good for us. I pray that as we look at these prayers, that we would also pray these prayers. We would also believe for these prayers to be fulfilled in our lives. God, I pray for a sense of the urgency and power and significance of prayer to be rebirthed in our hearts. Lord, help us to become passionate again and convicted again of prayer. I pray these things in your wonderful name. Amen. On that, once again, this Tuesday night in here, prayer meeting, 6.30. It's going to be fantastic. Hannah and I finally have, we've been trying for the last three or four months, we're finally have, we're getting away for a two-day prayer retreat. We try and do it once a year. I've been trying since June to do it and borders and lockdowns, all this kind of stuff. So we'll be away Tuesday and Wednesday in Mount Tambourine with Kid Free, praying into 2022 and all that God has for us. It's, uh, we did it last year. It just helped so much, bring so much clarity. So we're excited for that. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. But prayer, prayer. I want us to catch the power of prayer. How, how amazing is it that Paul doesn't just teach? Hey, hey, guys, Romans, do you know that God is the source of hope? Do you know that he, he can fill you with complete joy and peace? He's not just teaching on it. He's like, I'm praying you get it. I'm praying you experience this. It's something significant. Before we jump into this, I want us to catch the power of prayer. There's a verse that's just been doing a number in my heart lately. It's in Mark chapter 9. Mark 9, uh, this boy, you know, the dad, the, the boy is having seizures and demon-possessed, throws him into the fire, trying to kill this boy. The dad brings the boy to the disciples. He's like, can you pray? And the disciples couldn't cast it out. Jesus comes up. And there's this beautiful verse as well in the same passage before that. Jesus said, if it's possible, all things are possible to he who believes. And the dad's response is so powerful. I think the dad's response is the echo of the Western church right now. And I want to push into this response. He said, Lord, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. That's a powerful response. You and I will push into that. But at the end, Jesus cast the demon out. The disciples come up and they're like, why couldn't, why couldn't we do it? And Jesus said, this kind will only come out through prayer. And the original one adds, and fasting. But what I want us to focus on, this kind, this kind of demon will only come out through prayer. Big picture, amen, River. Come on now, let's go. Big picture, there are things that are strongholds in your life that can only be broken through prayer. Now, I'm not going to over-preach that. I'm not going to preach more than it needs to. I'm not going to make something up there. But there are things in your world that can only be broken through prayer. A lot of us feeling broken right now, a lot of us feeling confused, a lot of us feeling unsure about next year, Along a lot of us, some people feeling angry, some people losing income, some people relationships are in a difficult thing. Hey guys, pray. I'm, I'm convinced that we need prayer more. I need to pray more. Prayer 
is powerful. This kind can only be accomplished through prayer. Something shifts in prayer. So let's look at this verse together. Some powerful things happen here. Paul says, and I pray the God, the source of all hope. Number one, our world needs. I want to look at what our world needs right now. This border, division, people watching on Zoom who want to be here, who can't be here. Animosity about different topics right now. There is chaos. I want us to look at what does our world need. Our world needs God, not just what he offers. There are some horrible doctrines, I would even go so far as to call them heresies, that come out of the church when people focus on what God can offer or do more than who he is. I'm just going to name a few that I would choose not to believe in and think it's absolute false teaching. Things like the hyper-prosperity gospel. Now, if you ask me, does God want to bless me or you? I'm going to say 100% yes. He's a good God. He loves you. He loves blessing you. He loves providing for you. Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Right? He's a good God. But at the same time, what the hyper-prosperity gospel did was go to this extent of just like name it and claim it. Blab it and grab it. Confess it and possess it. And when the people preaching this are flying around in their private jets asking for you to fund a second private jet, you know something is wrong. So the teaching that God is a good God who likes blessing his children is a good biblical teaching. But when we start focus on the blessing more than God and we're like, oh my goodness, look at this. Suddenly corruption creeps in and heresy comes out, right? I would say the same for the hyperfaith movement. If you were to ask me, can God heal and does he delight in healing? I'm going to say 100% yes. Am I going to push it so far to say that anyone, anytime can be healed of anything at any given moment? You just need to have more faith. It's all about you, not God. I'm going to say no. That's just my stance after studying that myself. I'm going to say that you just can't do whatever the heck you want whenever you want. Creeps into an area that... What I have looked into was called the hyperfaith movement. However, what it was birthed out of was beautiful. God is able, and He's good, and He can heal, and He delights in you asking, and He answers prayers, right? The foundation there's wonderful. It just goes into heresy. Something recently I was dealing with the last few years with a lot of people um, in my world struggling with this topic, but they called themselves something like the saints movement. But it was, you know, if God makes me a saint in Christ, I don't have to sin anymore. Okie dokie, fair enough. I'm glad it was a choice. I didn't know it was an on-off switch. But all of a sudden, what, we are, what it's founded in is this beautiful teaching that Christ bestows his righteousness on us at salvation. That's wonderful. That God sets me apart to be a chosen, holy person in a relationship with him. That's beautiful teaching. Then they go so far and some of them started teaching, so I now just don't choose to sin anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> when I study my Bible, I say those, uh, while the authority of sin is not over us anymore, we're not under the dominion of sin, it's lucrative, enticing, desire is still there. And that's why John Owen, a fantastic theologian, said, be killing sin or sin will be killing you. It's an ongoing process. So see what I'm saying? The core of these things is beautiful when we focus on God and who he is and what he does. Yes. And what we're prone to do if we don't watch ourselves is then take that thing to the nth degree and, and 
idolize the thing, the blessing, the healing, the righteousness. They can become the goal as opposed to God himself. And I love that Paul here brings us back to something crucial. He doesn't just say, I pray that God's going to give you heaps of hope. He says, God is the source of hope. He's the source of our world needs God. Our world needs hope right now so bad, in my opinion. The media has a lot to answer for one day. I don't know who they're going to answer to. I have my opinions about an eternal judge. But the media is creating a lot of angst and division and fear and things are happening right now. I think when you look at the world right now, the number one thing it needs is hope. People feel generally, predominantly looking at the East Coast of Australia, I am, it just feels like it's lacking hope. But if we're not careful, what we're going to do is try and offer them something to give them hope. Like, hey, trust me, I am so not anti-vaccination, but if people put all their hope in this vaccination, a Christian's like, that's not the source of my hope. I'm chatting to pastors like, oh, the lockdown's going to lift soon, the lockdown's going to lift soon, the lockdown's going to lift soon. I'm like, fantastic, but the end of the lockdown isn't the source of your hope either. I'm chatting to pastors like, 2022 is coming, and it's going to be so good, all this garbage is going to be done for it. I'm like, probably not. <laughs> 2022 can't be the source of all your hope. Do you see what I'm trying to say in the essence here? Christian, God is the source of your hope. It's God. He's it. Our world needs God. Our, our world needs the God inside you, not just the hope you have. Our world needs Him. And so, Christian, let's offer them God. Let's be carriers of God to our world, right? Our world needs Him so much. The other thing our world needs, our world needs Christians full, full of joy and peace, absolutely filled with joy and peace. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace. (sighs) Come on, we talk about this a lot. How many people know that joy and peace are not circumstantial? True, biblical joy and peace are not a product of your environment. If I said every person here, you just got a million dollars, it's in your account right now. Most of us, every one of us would be like, oh my goodness, right? Like a sense of joy would come up. Or what happens when tax and you spend it and all of a sudden in a year you don't have any money? Are you now lacking completely in joy? Doesn't that show us that sometimes health and sometimes money and sometimes stuff are too much the source of our joy? When the Bible very clearly in James chapter 1 verses 2 and 3 says, count it all joy when you enter various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience and let patience have its perfect work in you, that you can be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Thank you, Lord. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, 24, 22 to 24, that the joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It's happening in His presence, right? John chapter 3. Oh, come on, this is a good one. John chapter 3. John the Baptist is doing his ministry, thousands of people coming, getting baptized, following him. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, everyone leaves John and goes to Jesus and he says, wow, this joy of mine is now complete. 
Even though his life was at its worst moment ever, his work accomplished something great, a relationship with Jesus Christ. People are going to Jesus. So what I'm trying to say is joy is not a product of your environment. The reason I'm stressing it now is because right now there are plenty of opportunities for your joy to be stolen. It's brutal season, guys. You need to recognize for every, most, pretty much everyone I'm talking to, this is a brutal season. New South Wales members, this is a brutal season. A lot of you guys want to be here. A lot of you guys just want to be able to see family, something we took for granted for so long. <laughs> a lot of you guys want to be able to holiday. A lot of you guys want to be able to drive 10 kilometers south normally, whenever you want. This is a tough season. When you see how tough it is, I hope the lesson you learn is, once again, a reminder that nothing in this world can completely fill you with joy other than God, the source of hope. The reason we need to be doing this is you need to have grace on yourself. Be okay if you're exhausted right now. Be okay if you just feel a bit weighed down right now. Have grace on yourself. But at the same time, and we preach on this often, these things aren't evil holidays. Next year, seeing family, the border lifting, they're not bad, but church, they're not the source of our hope, okay? Only God is, and we're going to look to Him. Our world needs Christians filled with joy and peace, not filled with opinions (laughs) and online fights and arguments. Third thing, our world needs Christians that fully trust God. Our world needs Christians that fully trust God. I pray that God, the source of all hope, will fill you, completely fill you with joy and peace. Why? Because you trust Him. Because you trust Him. Trust there, it's pistuo. It's a relative Greek word of trust, belief, and faith. They kind of all go hand in hand. Faith is pistis, pistuo. It's like the same thing here. So it's like saying... I pray God, the source of hope, is going to fill you with joy and peace. Why? Because you hold on to Him. The trust, this faith. Because you believe in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, that says He is the author and perfecter of your business. Faith. Saving faith. You're holding on to Him. Right? What would a, what would a Christian filled with joy and hope look like right now? I have no idea what next year looks like, church, but I know the one in control. Peace. I have no idea what our services look like next year, C3 Crumb, and I don't. But I know that Hannah and I will do whatever is absolutely allowed and possible. We will go to any extent together. I'm really trying hard not to get caught up in the whole arguments and things that are happening right now but just to reassure you because some people feel like they haven't heard me say it we are the kind of people who will completely follow the government as pastor phil says until we can't that's the stance of our movement that's the stance of han and i i will find every flipping loophole possible together and if it means that indoor gatherings are banned for unvaccinated people well, I hope you look forward to an email that our car park will become our service. I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel called to embark in a fight against the government. It's not my call. God's not asking me to do that. So I will find any way possible 
with joy and peace and hope to gather with you and worship with you and look to Jesus with you, the source of our hope. And if that means that we lose a few comfortabilities of the seat and the aircon, well, I hope your discipleship journey is strong enough to be okay with that. <laughs> the government are not the Antichrist if they're forcing us into the car park. Do you see the difference? Just some of the things I'm reading online right now. It's pretty wild. It becomes anti-Christian when it says everything can go ahead. Not that you're not allowed to gather, but you are not allowed to preach Jesus. You are not allowed to pray. You are not allowed to evangelize to a non-Christian. You are not allowed to carry Bibles. See what I'm saying? When those things happen, like many other believers in many other countries, we will remain faithful to the Word of God and what Jesus has asked us to do. But do you see what I'm saying? The difference between that and, hey guys, for the next season, can you carry masks? Can you see the chalk and cheese, like kind of polar opposites? It's not anti-Christian. What's that? Okay, cool. Fantastic. Just so we're on the same boat. So what I'm looking for in this season is Christians who trust God. I trust God. I trust that God's in control. I'm just going to throw this out for time's sake. Just a throwaway line. I was thinking about this this week. It rocked me. I trust that God was still good when he sent the Israelites into slavery for 400 years in Egypt. (laughs) Even though a few generations suffered and died and never prospered and never had an easy life, God was still good. My trust is not that next year the church has just given whatever the heck we ask for. The church has just sent on this free, beautiful, incredible journey. That's not what my trust is in. My trust is in God's character and nature. That even if one day a full-on anti-Christian, some government somehow gets voted in Australia, God is still good. And I'm still looking for Christians who have joy and peace and hope because they trust Him. Thank you, Lord. I'm praying that God, the source of all hope, will fill you, C3 Karaman, with joy and peace because you trust Him. I don't know what next year looks like, but let's do it together. Sound good? We'll finish with this. I'm praying. Our world needs spirit-filled believers carrying hope. I love this. Then, so God, the source of all hope, will fill you at home even in New South Wales, wherever you're tuning in from. Unwell people in Queensland, we love you as well. God, the source of hope, is filling you with joy and peace because you trust him. That's what we're talking about. What a beautiful Christian that is. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Who is confident that next year God is going to do some awesome things? I'll tell you who, people who trust Him. Who is confident that next year people are going to meet Jesus in our church? I'll tell you who, people who trust Him. And look at this, through the power of the Holy Spirit. How many times have we heard in in our beautiful other Pentecostal brothers and sisters that we still adore that, what does the power of the Holy Spirit look like? I tell you what it looks like, tambourines and ribbons and dancing and quaking and shaking and tongues of fire on your head. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Awesome. Fantastic. We're a Pentecostal church. 
My Bible tells me the power of the Holy Spirit looks like people who have a confident hope in God. <laughs> Do you want to be an empowered believer, filled with the Holy Spirit? Trust that God is holding next year now. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Thank you, Lord. What I want to do now is pray this prayer for each other. You guys, if you don't feel comfortable or if you're visiting today, please feel fine just to stay in your chair. We're going to worship. The band's going to lead us in make room again. Honestly, stay in your chair. Just worship God. But what I'd love is people here, I'm going to ask in a moment, but if this is a tough season for you, if it just is, that doesn't mean you're failing. All right? That doesn't mean you've dropped the ball. That doesn't mean you've stuffed up. It's just a tough season. It's a tough season for me. I'll put my hand up. If it's a tough season for you in a minute, when we stand up, I just want you to lift your hand. And what I want the others to do here, if you feel comfortable, is pray this prayer. See these three things over our members here. We're going to worship. I want you to pray for them. Experience joy and peace. I want you to pray that they would trust God. I want you to pray that they'd overflow with hope. Is that cool? Can we be the body of Christ and do that together? Before we finish, if you're here and you have never encountered the love of Jesus Christ ever, I would love to pray with you. By myself, at the end of the service, I'll be there. Not in front of everyone. Just, just get to know you. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to pray that God would fill you with hope, joy, peace. So as soon as the service is done, come and see me. I'm going to be standing there. I'd love to meet you.